Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So it's uh, all for play for still? I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi, Villa fans, and welcome to Further Love of Paul McGrath podcast. And I want to welcome you to a very, very, very special podcast. Someone I've been wanting to speak to for quite a while is uh, Mr. Kieran McGuire from the Price of Football podcast. And I was delighted to be able to catch up with him earlier on today to be able to f- to be able to to record something with regards to Aston Villa's um twenty twenty two set of finances. So that's going to be coming up here in the next thirty seconds. And I really, really hope you enjoy it because Kieran is a great guy. If you aren't following him already, find um the f- find these podcasts, find the Price of Football podcast, find the fi- Price of Football on Twitter and follow him because he is a mine of information when anything uh, money in football related is dropped and he's also a lovely lovely guy into into the bargain as well so i want to thank him very much for his time and the podcast is coming up now oh also before we go i just want to apologize first maybe seven or eight minutes my audio is a small bit uh, it's it's a small bit off it does get better as the podcast goes on i do apologize to you all and i also apologize to kieran for my audio quality as well so here comes the podcast so I am delighted today, and welcome everybody as well to For the Love of Paul McGrath podcast. I'm delighted today to have the wonderful Kieran McGuire from um, Price of Football podcast. Kieran, you may or may not know, we were doing, I did a podcast maybe about three weeks ago, and I threw out on the podcast, I said, does anybody know, does anybody have any for, any contact information for Kieran McGuire? Because I'd love to get him on the podcast. And uh, I little did I know that if I was to check Twitter, that we might be able to get some information <laughs> and get in contact with you. But I'm absolutely delighted. I feel like I manifested it maybe about three or four weeks ago um, that you were going to be on the podcast. And I'm so appreciative of your time, Kieran, because as I say, it's a busy time of the year, lots of um, consolidated statements coming in here, income reports for years uh, for the year ending uh, 2022 um, being um, 
being being uh, shared at the moment and who better to speak about Aston Villa's financial mediocrity <laughs> I don't know what it is I suppose you'll tell me in a moment then then you're good self <laughs> thanks very much for the invite it's very kind uh, and it, like as I say, Aston Villa's accounts have been released, and you had a really great thread on it here this morning. It's it, and it's it's great to see. Um, you know, obviously, I think one of the numbers or a lot of the numbers that people are going to see are things like the operating day-to-day operating loss. I think it came in at something like ninety-eight billion on that. Before we discuss, I suppose, where that uh, magic magic number was was kind of flushed from the accounts afterwards comes from. How, how worried should Aston Villa fans be about that? Or should they be worried at all? Or is it just really something that, that football is, is now absorbing in this day and age? I, I don't think they should be worried. But at the same time, if, if, if you see Wes or Naz crossing the road, I'd stop your car. I'd stop all of the traffic going both <laughs> ways and make sure that they get across safely. Um, because they have been incredibly generous to the football club. Mm. Um, and without them... I, I hate to think where Villa would be. Um, in all probability, not in the Premier League, I think is the politest way I could describe it. Mm. Uh, so it, it's it's reflective of where we are in, in football today in that, that there's a myth that the Premier League is, is awash with riches for everybody. Um, individuals can do very well out of it, individual players and, and individual executives. Um, but that, that comes at a cost. That the majority of clubs are losing money, uh, and if you if you want to compete, it's an expensive business. Even if you want to survive, it's an expensive business. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you put all of that together, and 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 we end up with this um, un- unusual situation in that everybody pays an absolute fortune to get into the Premier League when they're in the championship and once they're there they, 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 they lose just as much money to try to avoid dropping out so it, it's it's tough um there's there's no easy solution because if you say well just pay the players less money you you get less talent um and mm-hmm. uh, if you have less talent you increase your chances of relegation you know, all, all villa fans want the club to do well and and that comes at a cost and uh, that's actually really interesting that you say that because you know you see some clubs are going down the going down the route of buying in players when they're really young, putting them on six, seven uh, year contracts. And while that isn't really the topic of this podcast, we might touch on it later on if we've got some time. And um, the reason that Aston Villa were one million in the black, I think, at the end of this year was because from a homegrown talent and from somebody obviously that we that, that we um, grew through our academy and went on to be a, a star for the club in Jack Grealish. So his sale broke the club even as such and do you think that like it's it's a risky business model that if you think you're going to break even from selling academy going stars every year but do you think maybe that had an influence on on maybe villa over not over well i suppose you can call it overextending themselves over the last 12 months that they knew they had this 100 million worth of uh capital that they had here in the bank so we can overextend ourselves um, and and do you think that that will have an effect on them going into the future? Um, yes, player trading is uh, is is a bit like being on a Ouija board. You know, you, you're signing these players on the back of YouTube clips and recommendations from scouts and so on, uh, and you're trying to look, you're trying to summon the talent, and, and you're never quite sure whether you've uh, you, you've got a star or a or, or a problem. Um, in terms of selling, 
the the sale of Jack Grealish was was magnificent for Aston Villa. But if you if you take that a look at what happened in 2021 mm. and 2020, uh, over those two years as a whole, the club made one million pounds of profit from selling players, whereas in 2022 uh, they made 97 million. So, so that's that, I think that's indicative of the risk. And if you if you end up selling the equivalent of a Jack Grealish every year, first of all you've got to find them. Secondly, mm. you're weakening your team because, yeah. as a football fan, I just love to watch him. I don't, I don't particularly care who he's playing for. You know, I know that upset Villa fans, but just watching somebody that that just wants the ball and wants to dribble with it is is an absolute delight. Um, and, and that that comes uh, that, that comes at a cost uh, when, when the player goes. But you're you're absolutely right in terms of what it allowed Villa to do. Although they, they generated a total of £103 million from uh, player sales, that, that effectively funded their ability to buy. And the danger is, if you make a big sale in the year, the, the clubs with whom you're trying to relieve players, um, they'll say, well, Villa have just got £100 million from the sale of Jack Grealish. We were going to ask £20 million for this player. We'll now ask thirty. We, we were going to ask... 30 we're now going to ask 40 and, and the problem is you, you don't know what what the true value of the player is because it's it's complete guesswork it's, it's a bit like trying to value a work of art that there is no proper market price and, and people will just try to, to take you for whatever they feel they can do if you're seen to have a lot of money coming in they'll effectively tax you by by demanding a higher price when when they're trying to sell back to you and that's really interesting because one of the big bugbears I think that Villa fans have at the moment is we've obviously sold Danny Ings in the in the January transfer window. We bought him in for, and I, and I know the way contract works, uh, contracts work with regards to add-ons and potentials with regards to this, and then you can obviously amortize it. But you know when you look at the at the cold figures, signed for in and around thirty million, sold for in and around eighteen million or twelve mm. million, depending on where you look, and fans see a massive black hole of money with regards to that and when you sell somebody so you've actually hit the nail in the head and it's a lot of what a lot of Aston Villa fans are thinking about is we got 100 million for Jack Grealish but we bought in Leon Bailey who isn't who's been hitting miss we bought in Danny Ings somebody we've made a massive loss on on the face of it already and Emmy Buendia is only hitting form now two years mm -hmm. after the fact so it's 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 as you said it's it's um it is very much a kind of cross your fingers with a lot of players that you bring in. Specifically, I suppose, really, and once again, now I'm going to say something that Aston Villa fans may not agree at, but when you're at the mid-table level like Aston Villa are at the moment, until you can push up, you have to take chances on certain players that may not work out. But then, And then again, I won't go down the managerial merry-go-round where I presume Aston Villa have lost tons of money on as well, so we won't go go in on that. Um, one of the big questions that I, I wanted to ask you about the, ba about the balance sheet was that... <clears throat> And and I suppose a lot of people are asking questions of this in your thread is that the income is slightly down. And then you mentioned that that it's not very comparable due to lockdown distortions. How does that affect? And I suppose explain that to people with regards to the fact that last year we had people in the stadia and the year previous we didn't. How can the income affect that uh, be affected in that way? Well, th there's there were two issues that were affected by lockdown. First of all, Villa fans weren't able to get to Villa Park mm -hmm. themselves. So, so the club effectively is at close to zero match day income. Remember, yes. we, we were allowed in, we were allowed in once, and then a couple of times uh, in November and December, you could have two thousand people in the ground. But it was, it was a, pretty much a nightmare for many places. Um, but 
if you go back to original lockdown, when COVID hit, which was in March 2020, football closed down for three months. Yeah, the whole country closed down. And when we when we restarted um, season 19, 2021, mm-hmm. um, it it meant that you had a load of matches from 1920 to fit in. You had about six to eight matches from, from that season. And then you had the fall 2021. Now, this is in the period the 1st of June 2020 to the 31st of May 2021. And Aston Villa actually played, I think, played about 45 matches over that period, which meant that there were 45 opportunities to earn money from Sky. So you ended up getting more money from TV in 2021 because the accounts don't follow the football season. The accounts follow a calendar year. And there was it was a terrible year, 1920, because we only played we had 31 games of football in as far as the Premier League is concerned. But then that sort of bounced back up in 2021. And then the season that we've just had, we've just yeah you know, we completed 21-22. Uh, we're we're back to a normal 38 game season plus a bit of money from uh, cup matches. But I've, I've got to be honest you don't make money from the Carabao Cup and you don't make money from the um, from from the FA Cup un- unless you, you get to the final of the FA, FA Cup. I mean, Ma- Manchester United are, are, are busy posting photographs of, you know, of, of their squad with the Carabao Cup trophy. They made 100 grand from that. You know, that, that, yeah. that. That won't even cover the bonuses from winning it. Mm. So it's, it's all to do with the number of Premier League games that, that you squeeze into a season. So that's why it's not directly comparable because in 2021, you've got 45 Premier League games and we're comparing that to 21-22 where we've just got the standard 38. That's brilliant. That's the kind of insight that I suppose, you know, when it comes to money and stuff like that, the, the trap to fall into is August and May as opposed to, yeah. you know, calendar years as well. And, and that's really good stuff. Villa owe quite a lot of money to, to other clubs with regards to transfers. I think it's something I think you mentioned in your thread it was around £150 million. Pounds. Um, and without, obviously, uh, I know that there's probably something that you might need to look up on this without putting you on the spot. Comparably, I suppose, for a club with regards to for how how much income Villa brings in, I suppose, in a, in, in a given year. Is that something to be worried about, the buying players and the never ever? Or is that just something that all clubs do and it's 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 just worth highlighting from a, a balance sheet point of view that you have creditors? Um, I, I think it's one of the <coughs> modern features of football is that it's, it's all on tick. Um, and and we and we don't we don't like to think of you know Christian Perslow popping down to yeah, was it Southampton with his, with his with his Villa credit card and saying yeah okay I want to buy Danny 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 Inks but yeah. I'm only prepared to pay ten million up front and, and the rest the rest is in instalments and you and you normally pay in instalments in sort of you know, yes. twelve months at a time. Um, it's it's become very common if we take a look at the Premier League as a whole. I think when once all the accounts are out, we will be not very shy of around about two billion pounds owed by Premier League clubs to wow. to other uh, other clubs, um, and, and only a, a relatively small fraction of that goes elsewhere in the Premier League because you think about the number of clubs that you're buying from either overseas or you know you you, you mentioned Buendia he was he was in I think he was in the the Championship when you acquired him and so on, um, and and therefore. Uh, we, we have this this strange situation that uh, it, it's just like you know my 
my wife with our credit card um you, you don't get a prize when you hit your limit uh, yeah it's a limit for a reason it's not a target and and yet when i talk to to football fans from from many clubs the constant theme that comes through is we want to spend more money we want to spend money actually you want to spend more of somebody else's money not not your own mm. um and we we end up with some quite horrendous figures i mean manchester united um they owe over 300 million pounds in transfer fee installments and, and i was talking to some Manchester United fans on another show and they say, well, you know, why, aren't, why, why, why isn't the club paying? Well, sorry, why isn't the club buying any players in, in the January window? They said, well, if, if you owe 300 million pounds on your club credit card, you, you've, got no, you've got no leeway. You, you have to start retrenching. And I think that's the issue um, in respect of Villa. They, they did spend an awful lot of money. If, if we take a look at the the last three seasons, as far as the accounts are concerned, yet the club has spent £450 million on players in, in three mm. years. A lot of that's on credit. Given, given where Villa are, and, and I think you, you're right to say, you know, Villa are one of the middle classes as far as the Premier League is concerned. Um, and if you want to go from the middle classes to the upper class, it's, it's, it's a bit like moving from, uh, you know, premium or, 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 or you know, economy seats to, to business class on a plane. It's, it's a very expensive, um, very expensive operation. And, and it's actually quite an exclusive club to get into. Mm. The average club in, in what, what do we call them? The Sneaky Six, the Super League Six, whatever you want to call them, they, they, they probably earn around about 250 to 300 million pounds a year more than Aston Villa. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I, I, I and most football fans see Villa as an aspirational club, but if you're starting off the season and you're you know, you're quarter of a billion pounds uh, behind in terms of revenue, that that makes mm. it very difficult to compete. And that, and once again, absolutely. And, and you know, I I had the initial kind of bang the table going we we needed a player in january why didn't we buy a player in january and then it kind of the, the penny dropped and it went oh wait a minute maybe we couldn't afford to buy one in january maybe maybe we we're going to be overpriced from it and and i remember that you know with regards to financial fair play um within the premier league obviously hot topic at the moment for blue side of manchester at the minute see if anything comes from that but um with the financial fair play being a topic christian porislow for one of like a lot of Aston Villa fans we split down the middle. Some people say he's the man. Some people say that he isn't the man. More people, you know, I, I don't get into the nuts and bolts on that. We've got a very good infrastructure project going on. And he seems running that very, very well. But he has always been on record as saying three years staying up in the Premier League means you can flex. You can you can become a small bit more solvent and be able to flex your financial muscle from a financial fair play point of view. He always said before Bournemouth went down, Bournemouth could spend 25 million on Dominic mm. Solanke and they could go in and do that with only 11,000 11, coming into their stadium because of the way that the, the, the financial fair play is done in the, in the Premier League. I, I, I won't, uh, you know, it, it, we could do five hours on financial fair play, I think, at the, at the moment. But <laughs> I do you... <laughs> do, do you think Villa are smart to play by the rules from a, from a Premier League financial fair play point of view? And do you think that that might have had a bearing with regards to, to January's uh, transfer uh, window itself? Step into the world of power, loyalty 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, I, I think they are absolutely right to... Uh, keep an eye on financial fair play and not do an Everton because okay. when, when Everton were acquired by Farhad Mishiri in 2016, they spent ridiculous amounts by their standards, uh, not, not necessarily by, certainly not by, by the top six standards, but they, they, they tried to buy their way into the top six of the Premier League. And the trouble is it's, it's a bit like if, if you're driving a car and, and you've, you put you stick your accelerator down and you can see a wall coming up in front of you then you have to really slam yes. on the brakes and and that's yeah. that's what's happened at Everton um they signed players on big contracts so i've i've seen michael Keane's contract which which I, it wouldn't be appropriate for me to say i'll, I'll tell you how much he's on yeah, yeah. when we finish the show um but and you're going well he, you know that that's that's a that's a solid player but how much yeah, and yeah. and you start to see that again once once selling clubs and once agents realize you've got a new owner who is spending it like a lottery winner who's had two bottles of champagne down a casino you, you're just you're just going to get you, you will find a friend for every pound that you've got but they're not necessarily doing you any good in terms of the prices they're demanding from the sale and, and, and the ongoing costs, which, which you're then locked into. Because if you sign an okay player on 120 grand a week on a five-year contract, and after two years, the manager says, well, you know, he's, he's not really delivered. I'd like to move him on. Who are you going to move him on to? Because he's not yeah. good enough to join the big six. And then you say, well, you know, we'll, we'll Forest play that. We'll Brighton play that. We'll Palace play that. No, they won't because they've got their own wage structures. Um, and, and then it, it becomes really problematical. You know, I know uh, Wolves aren't too far away, but uh, Jamie O'Hara, when he was at Wolves, um, he ended up on a Premier League salary in, in yeah. League One for a season. And that was really painful. And if you've seen Sunderland Till I Die, there's the yeah. story of Jack Rodwell. Jack Rodwell. Yeah. Um, and again, the, you cannot criticise the players because I know fans don't want... To believe this but your family become you, know, uh, you, you find anybody even amongst the villa fan base even the most devoted fa fans you say who say uh my football club's more important to me than my family because because that's <laughs> simply not the case football is the most important of the unimportant things of life yes i'm not denying that but i, I wouldn't i wouldn't give it up you know I, I wouldn't give it priority over my wife although she claims i do on occasion or my kids or anything like that and and, yeah, and i'm sure you would do and, and all and all the listeners would do the same. 
it's exactly the same for the footballers. It's a job. Okay, it's mm-hmm. and and it might be a job that we'd all it was it's my dream job. It's still a job. You go in, you do your five days a week in terms of training, your four days a week. You play on a Saturday or a Sunday, and then you go through the same thing again. Um, and some players are very well remunerated for it. Others, you know, I, I've I've seen contracts of of League One players and League Two players, and uh, it, it's it, it's it's not a career I'd recommend. Um, mm-hmm. Given yeah where I'm at my age, at least I've I've got I've got something I've got a job for life in a sense. Uh, for football, it is much more difficult, and, and therefore you you have that problem of those players that are locked into those long term contracts. The club can't get out of them, um, and and then you've got a, a, a big problem. So I think Villa have have been reasonably sensible in that they've they've not overcommitted. Um, you know, N- Newcastle have got new owners as well. They they signed was it was it Isaac the the centre forward yeah. from Sweden for a record yeah. sixty million pounds. We've got two goals all season. Um, you, you've only got to look at the the number of disasters that they've had at Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, splashing the cash, uh, and what what are you going to do with those players, especially you know because Chelsea have locked them into seven and eight year deals. Brilliant segue. It's like as if we planned it, Kieran. It's like uh, as uh, if we uh, planned it. Because my last question for you, God, I know I've kept you over time. Was everybody, me included? sat back and looked at it and said eight year contracts obviously for amortization this is a genius stroke and it's going to absolutely blow financial fair play out of the water am i a fool um <laughs> are no, they no, a you, fools <laughs> no, you, they they are big big risk takers yeah um for those for those people unfamiliar with how the system works let, let's say we sign a player for 100 million pounds stick him on a four-year contract the way that it works in the accounts is you say, well, it's 100 divided by four. It's an annual cost. We call that an amortization cost of 25 million a year. Sign exactly the same player on an eight-year contract, and it's 100 divided by eight. It means that your cost halves to 12 and a half million pounds a year. So that allows you to spend, in theory, twice as much money mm-hmm. on player transfers. What Chelsea have done, which I think people aren't aware of, and this is where I think they've actually been pretty cute, is from speaking to agents, from speaking to people in the game. And I know, ultimately, I know nothing about football. I'm just, I'm just a teacher with a big calculator. Um, but what Chelsea have done, which is really smart, is that the players who are coming in are on, and I, and I use this word cautiously, are on relatively low wages. Yeah, the average wage okay. at Chelsea, um, certainly looking at their most recent accounts, was somewhere in the region of about you know, 150, 160 grand a week. Um, the likes of Mudrick, Kukurea, and, and, and so on, Fafana—they've probably come in on on around about a hundred grand a week. So, you're you've got these players who are locked in for a long period of time, but they are on lower wages than the players who are leaving Chelsea. You know, the likes of Rudiger uh, and so on, but the, and Christensen, who remember left. The other thing that Chelsea do, which goes under the radar, is that Chelsea are very good at selling players. Yeah, we mentioned you mentioned with Jack Grealish, academy players when they are sold are pure profit. Well, if if you take a look at Chelsea, um, they sold Tamori, they they sold Gwebi, they sold Tammy Abraham's three three academy players, best part of a hundred million pounds. There's talk now, isn't there? Connor Gallagher perhaps going to Newcastle. You've got Mason Mount being linked with Liverpool. Academy players, pure profit. Chelsea, for all of the the stick which you can level at them, and I can assure you, I'm, I'm a Brighton fan. Um, I, I 
loathe Chelsea more than I loathe <laughs> Crystal Palace. And, and that's that's saying something. Um, uh, purely uh, as a result of, of the way that they've, they've sort of just taken our, my club apart yeah. over the course of the last nine months or so. Um, they, they do have a conveyor belt of talent coming. Part of this is due to the elite player performance plan, which, which they've exploited very well, which will enable them to keep within the rules. So on the face of it, you see all of the money being spent, but it's, it's lower wages that the players are coming in on and they expect to see an exodus of players, especially former academy players, to help balance the books over the summer. That's really interesting, and uh, it almost brings us full circle because I asked whether that was a good business model, and you know it is a gamble, but at the same time, it's a good business model if you can uh, produce players, if you can almost get a farm of players, high high yield stock, and and continue to keep that ticking over. And I think Aston Villa have that in the back of their mind to do, albeit they want to blood them in the team and get them playing for Aston Villa, as opposed to going on loan to Vitesse Arnhem for three, year, three years and then being sold for seven, eight million onto the continent like Chelsea might have done in the past. Kieran, thank you so much for your time. This has been the fastest 10 minutes I've ever, uh, or the longest <laughs> 10 minutes I've ever, I've ever promised. Um, but I really, really appreciate your time. And, uh, you know, I really appreciate you, you, you coming on today because you've been a mine of information for sure. And uh, I'm sure everybody that's going to be listening to this podcast and watching this podcast is going to agree as well. So I do thank you so much for your time. Well, thanks very much, Neil. And uh, all the best for the bill for the rest of the season. I know, I know you've, you've coming to the Amex. Uh, soon, I think. I can't no, remember. No, no, you beat, you've beaten us there. We, we, we've got to go to. I think. I think it's about our last game of the season. It is. It's last game of the season. Is Brighton? Yeah. And the, um, I was angling to try and get over to it for the last game of the season, but I don't think I'll be allowed uh, at this stage. We've we've another small. Speaking of finances, Kieran, uh, finances at, at home. We've another small child on the way um, oh, soon. Oh, so right, right. <laughs> finances. Yeah, yeah. We've we've got an incoming transfer coming at the moment, and uh, it's homegrown. <laughs> Uh, hopefully, I'll be looking to sell it on a few years' time. Maybe we make yeah. I don't know. It, 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 they normally, <laughs> normally take about 18 years minimum before you get any money back on. It's a long-term exactly. investment. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So uh, nobody buys stocks and shares in me at this moment in time anyway. Um, <laughs> because we are bringing on uh, assets uh, at the moment. We'll cost the balance sheet uh, for sure. But listen, thank you so much. I really appreciate, appreciate your time and uh, you're a gentleman for coming on. Thanks, Neil. All the best. Bye-bye now. So I just really want to thank again Kieran for coming on the podcast. It's uh, he's somebody I've really wanted to talk to. Uh, as I said, a mine of information. I could have spoke to him for hours and hours and hours on financial fair play and on how we amortize contracts. As you guys know, I'm very very interested in that. Albeit I can barely count past ten at the best of times. So I really really thank him for his time on the podcast. I really thank you all for watching. Please go and uh, check out uh, the price of football. Um, stuff that Kieran has going. He's got a book out as well, which is really informative. I have it here on my um on my bookshelf here beside me as well. Um, so thank you so much, everybody, for watching and for listening. If you did like this, please give us a thumbs up. We'll be back to you with many, many more podcasts and YouTubes over the next uh, few weeks and months as we finish out the rest of the season. But they were in the transfer business, just like what uh, Kieran was speaking about that about there. The money for transfers then we will hope will flow from Aston Villa Football Club. So thanks very much, everybody, for all you do for the podcast in the meantime stay safe stay healthy and all that's left to say is up the villa
Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.